Welcome to A Friend of Mine, a series of conversations with some incredible and inspiring women in business from regional and rural Australia. I'm Kimberly Finesse, your host and the founder and editor of Oak Magazine, and I cannot wait to introduce you to some amazing female entrepreneurs who will share with you their experience and knowledge of what it takes to start, grow and scale a successful business. So let me introduce you to a friend of mine. Hayley DeJohn's journey from childhood financial hardship to founding a successful mortgage brokerage is a testament to her determination and commitment to overcome the challenges that life throws our way. In her early 20s, Hayley set her sights on a position at Bendigo Bank. She became a persistent caller, reaching out every couple of weeks to inquire about job openings until her relentless determination earned her an interview. Her tenacity eventually opened a door at Bendigo Bank, where she seized opportunities and climbed the professional ladder. Leaving her management position at the bank in 2014, Haley founded Proactive Finance Group, a mortgage brokerage in Bendigo. The now team of three are a trusted financial support crew, specialising in home loans, investment loans, asset finance and commercial finance. Haley acknowledges her role as more than just a mortgage broker. She has a genuine interest in helping people succeed and seek financial empowerment. In this episode, Haley shares her challenging upbringing in a lower socioeconomic area to becoming a successful mortgage broker the challenges of hiring the right team members, and the growth that comes from trusting others to contribute to your business. Haley also touches on the current state of the mortgage industry, the impact of interest rate rises, and how she's adapting her business strategies to stay afloat during slower periods. Meet my friend Haley from Proactive Finance Group. Hello Haley, and welcome to the podcast. Uh, hi Kimberly. thanks for having me. My pleasure. Uh, so a friend of mine is all about introducing our listeners to someone I know. Yeah. So you know, let me tell you about a friend of mine that does X, Y, Z. And I actually love to sort of look back and go, well, how did I meet this person? How did we connect? I am going to show you something um, because you've actually been with Oak for six years. So you were with us the first year we launched uh, in issue two, I believe. I'm going to show you something, which is such great podcasting because no one can see it. <laughs> I, I will tell our listeners what it is in a moment. Okay. Um, can you tell me a little bit about this photo? Uh, <laughs> uh, that's the first night I met Janelle Stevens at your first magazine launch. Yes. Yeah, so that was issue two. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a launch for issue one because I didn't think to have one. And I thought, well, it's only going to be one and yeah. done. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't until someone said, you should celebrate these launches. Yeah. But and the, there was a fair turnout too, Kimberly. Again, in a like childhood trauma, I think of yeah. no one turning up mm -hmm. to parties. Yeah. Uh, so I've always had that that fear that will anyone turn up? Yeah. And you know, I had dragged my husband. It's the only one he's ever gone to. And I think he stood <laughs> in the corner, Yeah. <laughs> but you know, even invited him along so that there would be at least one person and my <laughs> sister-in-law, but yeah, there were lots of people that did turn up. And I think that's what I love about Oak is that it sometimes is just that conduit to connect people. Yeah. And I know that you and Janelle have a really close relationship now. It was now. like love at first sight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when we met at your launch, we just clicked and it was great because she was just sort of starting her journey as a business owner. And I'd moved back to Bendigo after living on the Mornington Peninsula for 13 years. So I, you know, being a Bendigonian, I'd sort of come back and sort of disconnected from a lot of people I knew. So um, I was kind of reinventing my business, even though it had already been going for five years. 
Uh, so yeah, we were on the same path. And you have, you've both even grown together. Like I have, I actually interviewed Janelle for another podcast uh, that I helped produce. And, you know, you both have grown together in that, you know, you started in sort of the home office as such. Yeah. And then you've gone into shared office, then you've gone into your own, you've brought on a team and you've entered awards and all of that. Yeah. Like it's it's remarkable to sit back and watch you actually yeah. both. Thank you. And Janelle and I first took the plunge of employing someone together and we job shared Nat between the two of us. So Nat worked two and a half days with Janelle and two and a half days with me because um, we were just dipping our toe in the water and we both needed someone um, and she knew this great person, Nat, and she said she'd be perfect for you. And she was already in um, real estate. So we, um, yeah, we approached Nat and she came across and, and then eventually Nat worked full time for me. And, and then Janelle employed Jocelyn, who's amazing as well. So yeah, we've both definitely grown at the same pace. Yeah. Employing your first staff member is such a big, scary step. Can you take me through that step? I know we, we haven't even started at the start yet, but I think while we're on this thread yeah. um, of, you know, engaging staff, um, for you, how did you know that you needed someone? Oh, I was drowning with work. So I knew I needed help. Um, and, you know, I'm a, a mother as well. So you're wearing that hat of parent and business owner. Um, putting an employee on is really a big step because you're going to be responsible for someone else financially. So yeah, it's a huge commitment. And all of a sudden it's like, you've got another child because you've, you know, you've got to look after this other person coming in, but I just, it's that imposter syndrome as well sets in, which you touched on before. And that's the big part of it. You've got to get beyond that and take the plunge because there is that little voice inside your head going, you are busy now, but in a month's time, that's all going to go away. And if you put someone on, you're going to fail. But it was the opposite. And having Nat come on board really shaped the business from an administration point of view, because I'll be honest, I'm not great with admin. Um, and having Nat come in and just turn our whole office processes upside down is has just been a godsend so trusting the process trusting another person to come in and let them put their stamp on things has been awesome and that's definitely helped evolve the business and you know it's been a team effort yeah yeah and then you've got Jed as well now so he's come on so it's not just the one staff member that you've you've brought on you've actually grown that team as well yeah so Jed was a COVID baby Um, so during the very beginning of COVID, I was freaking out as a business owner. I'm thinking no one's going to be buying properties. Everyone is going to be, you know, they're all going to be isolated. They're not going to be thinking about finance and things. And I was nearly ready to put on someone before COVID hit. But of course that then made me sit back and say, okay, now's not the time. Let's just see. And I was really focused on ensuring that I could keep paying Nat. But yeah, of course, the opposite again happened during COVID and things just went a little bit crazy. Uh, So we put the Seek ad out and we interviewed Jed through Zoom because we're all isolating. And yeah, just leaps and bounds. Jed's come on board and he's fitted right in with the team and he's now a fully qualified broker himself where initially he came on 
as a support person. So, yeah, it's been great to see him evolve as well into, you know, into a career, making a career out of this. And we've been able to help that happen. So, yeah. And it's so um, funny that you call him a COVID baby. And if anyone could see Jed, <laughs> Jed's like a fully grown man with a beard and he's quite tall. Yeah. And- <laughs> Yeah, I know. But we do see him as a little brother, even though he's big, but he's yeah, a bit younger than Nat and I. So which he constantly reminds us that he's yeah that well, he is. That yeah. he's younger. <laughs> well, um, let's talk about being young. I love when a segue works so well. Uh, <laughs> totally unplanned too. Yeah. Um, let's talk about growing up, okay? Yeah. And the reason why we're doing this is because you as I said, you've been involved in Oak since issue two. Uh, with an article and with ads and even on Instagram more recently, especially with rate rises, you know, we've gone to you and said, hey, like, what does this mean for for people? How are they feeling? What should they do? Yeah. Why I want to dig back is because you've always spoke about your expertise. You've actually never spoken about your journey, which is what Oak is all about. We have your article, we have your story in our next issue issue 13. And I think it's a really brave open that you have done a really brave share. So take me back to your childhood upbringing, because it's very interesting how you've almost come full circle to helping where you started. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who have maybe met me later in life, they have a perception of, you know, what my upbringing was like. Um, I've even had a client who was doing a, like a research project about children who live in a lower socioeconomic and how that impacts them transitioning through school she actually said to me oh you wouldn't understand you know what that's like and she wasn't being rude or anything but I said well actually I do understand because I did grow up in that environment and um, we struggled financially a lot when I was younger and we lived in um, you know I lived in a commission area through my teens and yeah, I saw a lot of things and, you know, experienced a lot of things. So I didn't have it easy growing up where some people probably see that that I did. And that's definitely shaped me for who I am now. When you look back at that time, you know, obviously money was a little bit scarce. How have you been so driven towards money then to make sure that that that's not your future? Do you know what I mean? That's obviously the situation that your parents had experienced, but it's also a part where it's like, okay, well, is that my life? Like you'd know no different. So how do you you get out of that? Well, I don't know how to answer that because I think there's moments in time where you sort of have that moment in your brain where you go, I actually don't want to live this life. Mm. And it could be from when I was a little girl and having that thought and thinking this, you know, this isn't the norm for everybody. And then being a teenager and realising I'm in this situation and this isn't where I want to be. And then being a young adult and realising I can actually choose to take another path and turn things around. Yeah, I think there's lots of moments growing up through the years and it was always there that I knew I wanted better for myself and for my family. I had friends working at the Bendigo Bank and when in my early 20s, I saw that as my ticket into something more meaningful or you know I didn't love school I dropped out of uni yeah I just I wanted to do teaching which I'm actually glad I didn't do that (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> um, you know, not seeing what my what the teachers go through, I think, yeah, that I that wouldn't have been the right job for me. But um, working at the Bendigo Bank was, you know, my first job where I really felt like I could turn things around and the bank is like that yeah. uh you know it's a, a really big part of our community they employ I think they're the second largest employer yeah in Bendigo I feel like the Bendigo hospital might have them but you did you always looked at them especially through sort of year 11 and 12 where you're looking as to what you're going to do next yeah. what your job after school is going to look like and I think seeing that people could progress through there um I actually started in Bendigo on call which isn't there and well it, it used to be in the old Beehive building back in the day. So I was on the phones, which was perfect for me because I love to talk. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's where I started. But that was just my foot in the door. So I wasn't there for very long. And then I did, you know, sort of move into a branch and then progressed through there. But the opportunities that Bendigo Bank offer, you know, not just working in the branches or in finance, but you know, HR and marketing and training. Like there's people in there who are just really training other staff. So, yeah, it was a good um, stepping stone for yeah. me. Yeah. I um, That was Bendigo Health for me. So coming back from Melbourne, I didn't want to get back into beauty therapy. Um, we'd had our third by then and probably the same thing. I knew if I could get my foot in the door at Bendigo Health mm-hmm. – just the different career opportunities that open up yeah. as you said it's it's not just doctors and nurses yeah. uh, in a hospital and it's same as it's not bankers in a bank and you know I think it it does say a little bit about yourself though of being able to progress yeah because you can easily just sit in the call center and, and do your job and get paid yeah that's right yeah and and that goes back to that determination of okay I want to have a better life and yeah just seeing those opportunities but having the people at the bank my mentors and managers as well who you know would be encouraging and would see that I had that skill set that I could turn into a leader and I was very driven and I was willing to do anything like I was willing to join committees and do all these things outside of hours you know just to progress my career through the bank and that was recognized even by regional management that was recognized and I think it's a good organization to work for yeah, yeah. any of those skills that you've applied to your own business do you oh, see yourself well, being driven in in your own work oh yeah 100 percent. yeah definitely always yeah trying to improve the processes but we are as a whole as a team so we're you know we have team meetings and we talk about it and you know, Nat and Jed run the show here a lot of the time. I just sort of sit there and <laughs> which is great to see them flourish and be able to put their stamp on the business as a whole. So I don't see the business now as my business. I really? see no, I Nat and Jed are a big part of what we do here and the personality that we've created, they're a big part of that personality as well, which is just makes the whole environment it's a really nice place mm. to work. It's interesting that you're able to let go and I say that because obviously I get to interview a lot of people or um, even just surround myself with different business owners Mm -hmm. some can't do that yeah some have to it has to be done their way yeah and I I just feel like I've met Janelle okay and we've talked about same thing how her team really runs the show (laughs) and and there's no hierarchy so they're all on the same level you've got something similar you all seem very happy. It's a successful business. So 
there's something about that that's working that you're not too tied to this business success well I think um everyone's got some value to add so and there's things that I'm terrible at that Nat and Jed are really good at they'll come to me for help because I'm still the senior and I I have all the experience and you know Jed's a fully qualified broker but he's still only been doing it for two years whereas I've been doing it for 10 so there's still that but it's like a little family yeah 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 Uh, And I sort of encourage other business owners to maybe allow their team to, you know, speak up and say, or just ask them, what do you think? And see what they say. And they might surprise you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And you'll think, oh, I didn't think of it that way. Do you love the idea of taking the hard work out of shopping, knowing that someone else has curated for you endless apparel and homewares options that are high quality, often handmade and always beautiful? At Vivian Kate, the focus is on natural fibres and a timeless, earthy style. You'll find high-quality clothing in classic styles, unique homewares such as cow hides and handmade ceramics, gorgeous aromatherapy-based skin and body products, and so much more. Personally, I love the selection of jewellery. Karen from Vivian Kate is all about connection and understanding what you need, and she offers a personal styling service by appointment. Karen loves to support other regional women in business and has a wide network of talented friends from all over the country whose work she stocks in store in the beautiful regional town of Yakandanda in northeast Victoria. The Vivian Kate website mirrors the charm of the bricks and mortar store, ensuring you can access the same carefully selected items with just a click. Find out more by visiting www.viviankate.com or check out our show notes for links. You're not always going to have the right people come in. And look, I'm really nervous about employing another person, I'll be mm, honest. I, yeah. I know that that's going to come. And I feel like I've been so lucky with Nat and Jed that that luck's going to run out. And when we employed Jed, we had a bit of a process. So it involved scoring the resumes that came in we needed to know what our top five sort of must-haves were and then each resume that came in we would score based on how they like if it had a cover letter you know that was a tick you'd be surprised how many resumes come in with no cover letter and you can see that it's just a you know they've just just, generated they've just they've just sent the same thing out there's a bit of advice for you out there if you are wanting a job make sure you do your research and put the effort into you know your application um so cover letter was a big thing being involved in a community you know a club or or something that you know showed that they're a little bit community minded that was another sort of tick so it was a good way to sort of cull i suppose and then we were left with you know six that scored highly in our ranking system that we used so i don't know if that system was you know, helped us get Jed, but he scored pretty high when we were looking at our values and making sure that the applications were in line with those values. Yep. So I love it. Small business, but big business mind. Yeah. Do you know, like you're thinking like you would if you're at the Benigo Bank yeah. and in HR. Well, and I must say, Sophie, who was working with us for a little while, she worked at HR for Benigo Bank. Um, as soon as we interviewed Jed, he was the first person we interviewed. Straight away, we just went, it was, was a no-brainer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I that was that. through Zoom as well. It wasn't even face-to-face, but you could see the authenticity coming, you know, through the Zoom meeting. And that's what I was looking for. Um, and being authentic, 
I'll touch on that as well because we're talking about letting our staff have the reins at times in the business and and putting their stamp on the way we do things. And I've been to a lot of leadership talks recently and authenticity is sort of the flavor of the month. And I sit there and listen to what they're saying and I think, well, I already do that. Like, yes, you know, what you see is what you get. And I'm very authentic with the staff. I don't sort of have to put on a professional hat, like we'll have a joke and maybe sometimes I'm a little bit too relaxed, but that's just who I am. So, (laughs) And I think that's fine. It's maybe also that thing when you're coming up through your leadership journey that you have this impression that being authentic. So as you said, I'm probably the same. You can read everything on my face, Yeah, you know, exactly how I'm feeling. And I actually question whether that makes good leaders because that's what we've been told. It's what we read. We go to some of these really old school leadership courses and, you know, it's all about keeping those emotions inside. And, you know, I really love how there's a new style that's coming out. Uh, We even have Belinda in our current edition. Belinda's from Grenfell, uh, really specialises in leadership and has a social work background. Yeah. So I call her like my business therapist. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, uh, even just going through with her more that new style and how that is it does work better in some environments I think so I think people want to be able to connect so if you're not authentic you've got that wall up all the time and how are you meant to connect it's hard for people to read you yeah you want people to come to work you're there you know more than at home sometimes exactly (laughs) you want to come to work and enjoy the people that you're working with so um Yeah, I think authenticity is important. And we flow that through when we're dealing with our clients. So, um, you know, Jed and Nat, I listen to the way they talk to the clients and they're themselves and they're having a joke and the clients really respond well to that and they feel at ease and and comfortable. They're not walking into an office with someone wearing a suit, you know, that they feel maybe a little bit intimidated by. They're coming in and and relaxed you know sometimes they come in a little bit nervous because they're not really sure what to expect um and we're really good at sort of settling those nerves fairly early on in the meetings with the clients um which you have to money is a big thing to talk about it's never a fun thing regardless of whether it's coming in or going out it's yeah yeah a hundred percent i'm not saying other brokers don't do the same thing but our point of difference is communication being authentic and making sure the clients feel supported so I know you asked me about if I sometimes feel like a bit of a counsellor and yeah I guess sometimes you do Um, but that's probably a natural thing that comes I want to help people and I want to make them feel um, supported. Perfect tell me why did you start your own business 10 years ago what was the main driver? Oh look I want to say the main driver was, you know, I wanted to conquer the world. And yeah. da, da, da. The, the truth is, when I had my second child, the bank at that time, their flexible working arrangements weren't as good as they are today. So my real only option was to work part time as a teller. And I had left the branch as a bank manager. Oh, so my yeah. skill set was beyond teller work. So I worked for my cousin who was a financial planner slash mortgage broker I just did a bit of work on the side for him and that introduced me into mortgage broking and I had never really sort of contemplated it before didn't really mortgage brokers weren't as big as they are now yeah I just had I guess a light bulb moment oh goodness I can do this I could set up my own business and and again that 
driven I can be at home with the kids and be able to work and not have to sort of fit in with what the bank wanted me to do so that was my motivation back then Um, and that's evolved you know it's been nine years since I started the business and that's evolved a lot now because now I see there's a need for what we do and it's evolved from more than what it was at the beginning so has your passion for it grown as well I mean it's been you know nine ten years like I some people you start to feel a bit tired especially coming through COVID like do you think you've been re-energized at certain points like can you see longevity in it oh yeah 100% I I think um I I've definitely had low moments and I actually saw a post on Facebook and I read it was talking about being a business owner and and just pointing out the reality of what it's like to own a business and it's not all roses all of the time and it is quite stressful and yeah you're wearing you know all all the hats hats, um, and you're thinking about it as soon as you wake up in the morning and you go to bed but I don't think I could do anything else now mortgage broking is an important service and we're really good at it and we really enjoy it and being a business owner on top of being a mortgage broker is really rewarding it could be maybe any business and I enjoy that challenge of growing and and working out you know ways and when you get a win it's just awesome yeah it is isn't it (laughs) yeah you know you have someone refer you a client like another business who you looked up to and all of a sudden they're starting to refer clients to you that's like awesome you think wow you know that imposter syndrome where it's really you know we really need to network around town to ensure that we're getting especially at the moment because Mm. things have really slowed down so, um, you know, we're making sure that we're at the forefront with other businesses who could potentially refer their clients through to us. Yeah. And it does, you're out of your comfort zone when you, you're ringing someone up you don't know and saying, hey, do you want to go out for coffee? Especially if they're a director of a big business in town, it's a little bit intimidating. But you're the director, CEO, founder, whatever <laughs> title you want to give yourself yeah. of your own business for the last 10 years. I know. Like where do we where do we get off? No, I know. We, yeah, why don't we just embrace that? Mm. I don't know. And you've got a team. You've got an office and a team. Yeah. One up on me. So, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, I think that little voice always, you know, is always there. And it's probably something I've started to really listen to in terms of not listen to the voice. It's acknowledging the voice yeah. and trying to turn that around. Mm-hmm. And I, would, I turned 41 this year and I'm thinking finally I can sort of turn that little voice around and that's allowed me to make that phone call, ring that person and then going to meet with them for coffee or whatever and you realise they're just the same. Yeah. They're just like me, you know, <laughs> Um and they really appreciate it, actually. So I would encourage people, if, you, if you, you're if a bit nervous, you want to ring, reach out to someone, they do appreciate, I think, the effort that you go to. And then follow it up with an email. Say, thanks for the coffee. This is what I do. You know, if you have anyone, I'd really love to work with you or help yeah. your client. And So your original follow-up. pitch, Hayley, is more of a just let's connect. I would just love to hear about what you do and yeah. how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And how long? A half hour? An hour? 
coffee oh, with the coffee oh well, it depends who it is yeah you know you might sort of click with someone like I did with Janelle and then you just you know oh you have you a lifelong friendship for hours. yes <laughs> um or yeah it yeah you just sort of read it I suppose but yeah allow an hour yeah yeah have to get out from behind that desk there's um yes. there's not enough networking opportunities and I think that probably was apparent to me when I went to Grenfell so that's an eight-hour drive from here, yeah. eight or nine hours, depending which way Siri takes you. We don't get along um, on <laughs> dirt roads, unsealed roads, but anyway. And had just discovered how far people drove for that event. So here I, I couldn't complain about eight hours because yeah. a lot of people had driven two to three because there's not a, a lot around there. And this is a common thing. It's happened at launch events here in Bendigo. We've had people from Warrnambool, Gippsland, Kahuna, Kerrang yeah. come. yeah. I mean, you can't sometimes wait for that event to come around like you do need. And, you know, it might be hard for some of our rural listeners to get to a a coffee shop. So I suppose that's where Zoom, but if if you can get that face to face. Yeah. 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 Even a walk and talk. Sometimes, you know, I think about some of the female CEOs in Bendigo and I know they're busy and they probably don't want to sit and have another coffee, but, you know, it's like pitching it. Well, would you like to do a walk and talk? Yeah. You know, and we could do a lap around the lake or something. Yeah, that sounds great. Mm. Yeah, I think just put yourself out of your comfort zone and, yeah, it would be hard for more rural um, business owners to be able to connect, which is great with your van and what you do. You know, your mobile van is awesome to allow those people to have that opportunity and to share their stories. And their stories are amazing. They are. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Um. Yeah, I it just the whole – I must admit, so I'd been to Henty that first week and then come home, dropped the husband off and went again. And there was that moment of, oh, like I'm, I'm tired. I'd already been away for a few weeks with other work. It wasn't until I got to that first one and done it and it just that it just re-energized you. Yeah. And then you started going to the next one and the next and they were just also grateful to mm. have you come so far to visit their store. Yeah. And then, yeah, in Coolamon they even had a morning tea. And it was so lovely and I had to share this. Like here they are and then they're all talking about what they're doing for the next. Like, oh, you should come to the next Next like morning tea, which is that day at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Um, And then the lady's like, oh, what do I bring? Just bring a plate of something. And it's it's really nice how they rotate. Again, older ladies, they've probably hit retirement age. Their grandkids don't live close by. Like what do you do? Yeah. You know, and it's trying to beat that isolation. Yeah, having that connection. Yeah. 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 We have sort of touched on you, Kimberly, as well. With oh, we're your... not supposed to. This is actually <laughs> this is very bad journalism. I'm supposed to listen more than I talk, and no. I'm not today. Um, and you know, you haven't had a, you know, you've had some challenges as well during your childhood, and look where you are. You know that resilience that comes with maybe not having a conventional yeah, childhood. I think so. Yeah, yep. and you know, and I mean. I sometimes wonder if it's my story to tell or you you need to talk to your parents before you share it. But it's so funny. I think you you block a lot of it sometimes and, yeah. and not think about it. And as you said, that lady that had looked at you and it just assumed. Yeah. Because of – and I think I, I know that I do this myself as well. I put effort into how I dress. Yeah. What car you drive. Like I, I know we shouldn't judge, but they're, I think they're subconsciously things I do. Yeah. Probably to hide whatever else has happened, happened or in is, the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Financially. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And people going through it now, you know, it's probably I'm hoping that they're hearing a little bit about what we're saying. And we are really just touching the surface. We're not really diving into, you know, the nitty gritties of it all. But 
so many people I know, particularly business owners, have had it tough. And I always wonder if if having it tough maybe does give you that drive and a lot, you know, sort of pushes them into those roles of being a business owner because they want to change you know, they want to mould their life and have and make a difference too. Yeah. 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 You you want to write a new chapter. Like I don't want the same story. Yeah. For my kids. Like yeah. I, I want to try and be the change in that. Yeah. And you know, my husband works, um, had worked um at a low socio as well. And, you know, we'd always talk about like I wonder what happens to those kids. Yeah. You know, and and when does when do one of them think, okay, this is not going to be for me. Yeah. And as you said, business owners are doing it hard. So is, you know, everyone else, I think. How is business for you when it is so closely impacted by rate rises all the time? Oh, yeah. So our business, our settlements have halved in Mm. the last six months. Um, And the biggest drive, you know, interest rate rises have been the biggest driver for that because people are unable to borrow what they need to borrow to buy a house. The way the um, servicing works when a bank will work out what they'll lend you is working out what you can afford on that interest rate plus 3% or 2% some, but mostly 3% above that interest rate. So interest rates now are sort of, you know, low sixes. So you need to be able to service that loan on um, low nines because they need to put that buffer on there to be able to tick the box that you can afford the loan. So single income earners, those sorts of clients, they're really struggling to be able to get into the market because they just can't get the the loan they might have saved their butts off and have the deposit and everything but their income on their own isn't enough yeah Yeah, so that's definitely flowed through to our um our business and our volumes and talking to real estate agents and solicitors around town you know that everyone's feeling feeling that pressure and it's almost just happened overnight because yeah we had you know two years of being frantically busy and you know business was really healthy and really strong to all of a sudden things have slowed so as a and that's stressful yeah again you've got staff and expenses that you need to cover and that's where you need to pivot and go okay well we need to drive business up again so what you know how can we do that yeah. yeah. Um, is it thinking out of the box or like how, how do you do that in your role? I think we, we've we had to sort of go back to traditional, like what we were just talking yeah. about before, having a coffee with someone, connecting. I think the last couple of years we haven't been doing a lot of connecting with other businesses because we've been head down, bum up, so busy, you know, in and out of isolations and all those sorts of things. So um, that connection was almost lost during COVID or you would be so busy that you wouldn't have the space to go and have a coffee with someone where now that space is opened up. So now let's use that space and get out there and try and drive business and, and talk to people and be authentic when you talk to them. (laughs) Um, Because that connection, when you're connecting with someone um, and you might have a coffee with someone and you might not connect so well. Well, you know, that that's not a relationship that's going to flourish. But you might meet someone and go, oh, how awesome is Kimberly? I could just talk to her for hours. And, you know, you might walk away and go, oh, that was such a great conversation. I really want to catch up with Hayley again. And that's where 
you know, that's where it all starts. So, yeah. And sometimes it's not something that happens then and there. Like I even find that with the events that you go to and you meet someone and, and connect with them. It's, yeah, sometimes it just takes a little bit of time for that to come back around for that opportunity to present itself. And yeah. yeah. And even just that, I think to be able to connect people is just such an amazing superpower to go, well, look, I can't help you, but you know, have you heard about this person and that person and you know that'd probably be really good for you for social media management or yeah um you know building a website or whatever it is yeah Yeah. that's right and having that knowledge too because a lot of businesses would be sitting there going I know I need help with this but I've got no No idea yeah to help me with that we've had Eve Richens from Eve Digital help us recently just with getting our SEO stuff done yeah, on our oh, website yeah. and it was just on LinkedIn that she put a post up and said I you know and it was one of those moments where I'm like oh my goodness I actually need someone to help me with that and then I saw her post and then reached out and Eve did sort of a diagnostic I suppose on our website and we were ranking 75th if someone Googled mortgage broker Bentigo and I was floored because I'm thinking, well, doesn't, when I Google it, it comes up on the first page, but I'm, I'm, your computer knows you're you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I do not know how all that stuff works. Uh, We were talking about before about, you know, how business has slowed and what we're doing to change. Well, it's those things that I'm paying attention to now because Mm. I haven't needed to. And now all of a sudden there's space and settlement numbers are down. So they're the things that, you know, you look at and then you realize, well, that actually needs fixing. And I don't know how long it's been like that for. Um, and how many people have Googled mortgage broker Bendigo and we haven't even popped up. Popped up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, how much business have we, you know, maybe missed out on because of that? Mm, yeah. Something like that. Build yeah. that little black book up. Maybe that's something that people haven't done. Yeah. Enough, as you said. Yeah. yeah I I'll love get it. on LinkedIn. I only discovered LinkedIn. Oh my gosh. Where have you been? Oh, uh, look, I knew it was there and I've had an account, but I haven't, again, been so busy, haven't really looked in and into it so much, but you end up going down a bit of a rabbit hole and you start, you know, oh, what friend with that person and that yeah. person. And then all of a sudden you've just opened up a whole network of local people that you never really met before or come across before, but realize, you know, these are all the people that we want to be connecting with. Um, to see what they do and hear I love their LinkedIn. story. Yeah. I know. I have a friend and she's like, why are you wasting your time on there? And I'm like, it's actually really good. Like for my business, it fits yeah. so perfectly. You know, and sometimes it's not about the mag either, actually. It's it's more the speaking gigs yeah. uh, and emceeing events and yeah. you know things like that. And yeah. as you said, I just think there's such richness in having connections of knowing, yeah. I don't know if that's a journal, but knowing who's who, it's okay to be like that sticky yeah, nose. <laughs> I know. Yes. So, but I'm still not great on LinkedIn. <laughs> so. Have to get you um, workshopped up. Yeah. <laughs> so just to um, start to wrap us up, I'd like to ask a couple of quick business questions. Best piece of advice? Look, it's probably been done to death, but, you know, back yourself and don't be afraid to dip your toe in the water and just go for it. Ring that person. And look, the worst, you know, I have flicked a few emails off recently and I've had no response, but you know, you just got to sort of go, oh, well, whatever, you know, but it doesn't matter as long as you're having a go and putting yourself out there. And people are busy. I feel like when you say things, I'm like, I'm probably that person. No, Um, (laughs) No. I don't get back to that, but they're on my radar. Like, do you know what I mean? I've seen it and it's almost like I've catalogued it. Yeah. Like, okay. But yes, no, I, 
I need to be better at that too. No, but you know what? And that's probably another good point you say. Like I haven't had a response, but I don't actually know what that person yeah. is going up. through. Sometimes just a, a quick follow-up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's probably another important thing is being kind to everyone because we don't know what that person might be going through. Mm-hmm. You know, we sort of touched on before that we've had things, you know, that we've had to deal with um, in our childhood that, you know, people don't know about and people are going through things and you just need to... It's interesting you say that. If there's two things I've heard a lot of in the last six months, I reckon, even the last three, it's the sentiment of, if I can get through this, I can get through anything. Yeah. So just in terms of what it's like at the moment and how hard it is. Yeah. And you just don't know what someone else is going through. And I know that's a common thing you would say, but it, it seems to be coming up a little bit again. As you said, people dealing with... Yeah. With life in the background. Yeah, that's And it's really hard to separate the two. Exactly. But like you said, you you know, you might not have responded to an email, but it's not because you don't want to, it's because you you haven't had the space to be yeah. able to do so. Mine's literally just deadlines. <laughs> You've got stuff going on. <laughs> and but Netflix. Yeah, so, you know, if you don't get a response back from someone. Follow up. Yeah. Do follow up. Yeah. 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 I um, agree. Follow up or, you know, and then again, if you still don't hear from them, we'll. Yeah. Third time they're dead. Yeah. Dead to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It used to be first time. I've stretched that out to three now. <laughs> Third time. Or they've got stuff going on that, you know, that we don't know about. Yeah. So. I feel like I should do a podcast episode that addresses all the emails that have come through that I've never got back to and now it's too late. <laughs> I feel like it's too late and I just want to yeah. say, hey, I remember your email. I remember your story. If anything comes up, I will get to it. There's a couple of stories around wool and I just think it's just not the right time. Like yeah. Christmas isn't a wool time for me. <laughs> it's, it's a maybe next year, mid next year. Yeah, um, to-do yeah. list and oh, just try well, and cross it off. Yeah, absolutely. So that's best piece of business advice. What does success mean to you? That's a sort of an evolving hmm. thing, I think, because, you know, Early on, it's, you know, working in around the family and success for me was to build a business that's generating income while I'm at home with the kids. But now it's so much more than that. And it's not necessarily financial, although that is a big part of it. You want to be making a profit, but just having that that service there and a space where clients can come in or the staff can work where it's a happy space. And yeah, if you can get the balance right, then yeah and I definitely haven't got that balance right yet so I'm still working on that (laughs) I mean 10 years ago Haley's like the marker of success was six figures yeah do you remember all the books and there was I think they're still around in terms of um the courses you can do but I'm probably a little bit the same it's more than just the money and it sometimes has to be when you're a small business there's got to be something else that's driving it whether that's flexibility or purpose or being able to make a difference and having that skill set to do it yeah I love having um, those moments you know with a client or someone and talking to them about you know finance or whatever and just seeing their shoulders relax Mm. and you know they sort of lean in and and they start asking questions and you you engage them and you know that they're actually getting something out of this more often than not, thank you so much. I had no idea about any of this. And yeah, that's really rewarding. And that's where the need for having a mortgage broker um, comes, comes into in. it. Yeah. yeah, Mortgage brokers are writing 70% of home loans in Australia. Wow. Mm. That's incredible. Yeah. I yeah. think it's the service though, as you said. 
So what are some other traits that a mortgage broker brings that maybe someone else doesn't? Yeah, Yeah, so um, there's recently been a survey that's been done um, with ANZ about, you know, they've interviewed a lot of clients and sort of gauged what they get out of their mortgage broker. Um, And the top sort of three things was um, mortgage brokers help improve financial literacy. Um, A lot of people come in and they could be a doctor or, you know, super smart, but really not have a clue about, you know, features of their loan and how Mm. they can use those features to reduce their home loan as quickly as possible. Um, so having a broker, they can sit down and have those conversations with who are really experts because we deal with it every day, you know, that's really important to them. And the other thing too, is, you know, realizing their potential of what they can and can't do and being a trusted advisor. So a big part of what we do is, is not just come in and do that one transaction to buy a property. We want that relationship to continue. And we have so many people ring us who are just ringing for advice and we're happy to provide that. So they see us as, you know, like an accountant or yeah. or a financial planner as someone they trust that they can confide in and seek advice from. Life-changing decisions too when it comes yeah. to, yeah, a lot of them are big yeah. um, financial investments, but, you know, yeah. and also the small ones, you know. Yeah, 100%. It's a huge, it's a huge, and, it, and especially at the moment, like people wanting to sell, um, but they don't know what they can borrow mm. if they want to buy something. So we're getting a lot of that. I want to put my house on the market. How much can I borrow before we sell so I know what I can buy so things like that you know yeah yeah. I love it well you have name dropped throughout the podcast but (laughs) (laughs) which is good it's what it's all about Uh, but I will formally ask um, if you could tell us about a friend of yours who would it be I've got so many (laughs) I'm not bragging but I think being business for nine years you do develop sort of connections with small business but I, I mean Eve you know, I did name drop Eve before, but she's, you know, new to being a business owner, but I think she's one to watch. And I think she's very authentic. Yes. You know, yeah. you speak to Eve and, um, you know, it's not just business, business, business. Like she, when she came into here, it was um, business, but we just started talking about some travels. And then she was emailing me links of where she'd been, like near where I'd been. And and so a whole other conversation, which wasn't even business related, started. So it's nice when that happens, when you find that relationship with someone. Yeah. 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 And that's that connection again. Like it's so important. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Well, thank you so much for inviting us into your office that um, I've just been told you're only here for today and you're out this weekend into something new. You've got the scoop. Oh. We've just bought our own office and we'll be moving in a week. So oh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank yep. you. So exciting. Another milestone. Oh, yeah. I know. I yeah. know. It's, um, as I said, I said it before, it's incredible to watch yourself and Janelle. Yes. Um, I think because it, it just reminds me of just those early days of Oak. Ooh, like, you brought yeah. us together. Oh, well, the, you were the connection. The if, party did. If I yeah. didn't come to the Oak launch, I would never have met Janelle. So thank you. Oh, <laughs> my pleasure. Um, bills in the mail Um, but yes thank you so much for being a guest no worries thanks for having me now before you take off with all that inspiration and knowledge we'd love for you to leave a review on our podcast so that we can continue to amplify women's voices in the media and if you have any questions we'd like to celebrate a win you can always connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Oak Magazine AU I'm so glad we've met and that now you know a friend of mine